Hello, everybody. Uh, this is another special edition of the wonderful podcast called Fandom Talk from the Fandom Correspondence. Um, hi, my name is Al. Um, you probably know me on social media and websites and stuff as Red Vaynard. Um, you can also call me that if you'd like to call me things with even more syllables than my real name. Um, I'm joined tonight on this special edition of Fandom Talk with my wonderful usual compatriots. Um, in one corner, we have um, the big man, the head cheese, the editor-in-chief, uh, Jacob Vance McCarty. How are you, sir? Doing well, brother. Yourself? Ah, I'm doing, doing just fine. Doing just fine. Um, in the other corner, we have... Uh, the wise sage, the other head cheese, um, also known as Josh. Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Al. Good, good. Um, and then the final corner, we have the other head cheese. Um, Arguably the biggest head cheese, really. Possibly, possibly <laughs> the headiest of the cheese. Um, uh, Jenny, also known as Raven, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. Good, yeah. to, good to be here. Hell yeah! So we are doing, so we are doing a special edition of the podcast tonight because um, unless you have been just kind of living under a rock the last two years, um, you know that uh, the Mandalorian is a show um, on Disney Plus and it's gotten pretty popular. And we just recently had the season two finale, and we wanted to talk about it because we have thoughts, uh, the huge giant Star Wars nerds that we are. Uh, before we hop into it, real quick, I do want to um, I'll plug a couple of things. After this episode, uh, very soon after, we're going to have um, another podcast uh, to kind of wrap up the insane roller coaster ride um, the year 2020 has been. I'm going to be talking about just kind of things we love that helped us get through the year. Um, it'll be a good time to share to maybe pick up on some some new um, um, things and art uh, that you might be interested to hear about um, from us so be sure to check into that um, and also um, as as people who try to entertain you all uh, we do have a patreon for people who really enjoy our stuff um, if you have the means obviously it's been a rough year um, holidays are always rough but if you have the means and you're interested you can drop by the Patreon of Phantom Correspondence. You can drop us a dollar, um, anything. Uh, we always really appreciate um, any donations you can do. Uh, but without further ado, um, you guys saw the title of the podcast. You guys are here for one thing and one thing only. I'll go ahead and say, this is a spoiler cast. We're gonna be talking about everything that happened in season two finale of The Mandalorian. Um, everything that happened in season two in general will probably come up. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, now's the time to turn back to throw this on pause, go binge all of season one and two of the Mandalorian. Cause it's just so good. Um, and come back to listen to his talk. Um, all right. That being said, um, season two, of the Mandalorian is in the bag y'all. Um, there was a lot of stuff that happened um, in this episode. Um, it was one of the longer episodes this season just because they had so much stuff to do. Um, 
I've got a few things I want to talk about, but first, I just kind of want to talk about just what appears to possibly be the end of this story arc that started um, with season one with um, Grogu, as we saw, uh, little baby Yoda um, has been now separated from Jin. Um, it has happened. Um, he is he's going on his own t- t- tiny baby Jedi journey. Uh, I'll start with Jenny on this one because I know how invested she is um, in these characters. Um, how did you feel with um, um, the baby uh, kind of on a separate path than his adoptive father? I was uh, emotionally wrecked. Um, you can like ask Josh and Jacob. Like I was just soaked in tears. I have not cried that much in ridiculous it was embarrassing now it was honestly embarrassing um and like i'm really worried we're just not gonna see him anymore and josh and jacob are like no it's fine you'll see him again and i just i'm really worried and it's just i'm really stressed and i i don't i don't know what to do i'm beside myself i'm i'm crestfallen <laughs> well <laughs> so many adjectives to describe <laughs> That was crazy. It was a little, that was like reading a William Faulkner novel. That was, <laughs> that was incredible. Um, but no, no, I agree. It was very hard. There was a part of, I'll be real. There was a part of me when, um, uh, um, when Skywalker shows up and we will talk about Luke um, and his surprise appearance in this episode, but there was a part of me when Luke showed up and just kind of like, um, and kind of explained who he was, but not really. He said he was a Jedi, um, and um, and Mando was holding Grogu, and he was looking at him, and there was like a tiny part of me that like kind of wanted him to like tell Luke to screw off and just be like, actually, no, no, you can't have him. Like, yeah. like I've changed I was kind my of mind. expecting a fight. Yeah, I really was. But like, oh my god! And then like when when uh, Amanda took his helmet off, like I just I lost it. I just yeah. Oh my yeah, god! For sure, for sure. It was a rough, it was a rough scene. Um, uh, Josh, I'll go to you. How how did you feel about kind of the um, apparent, if not um, a complete conclusion to this um, story we followed the last couple of years? Well, I I think um, I mean. I had mentioned to Jake that I felt, even back in season one, that somehow the end result of this was that he would meet up with Luke Skywalker. Um, that had wow. to be the end result. Well, well, well here, here's, here's, I don't, I don't consider that because, like, the thing is that I always look at the Mandalorian and they framed it this way as this kind of link between the original trilogy and the Disney trilogy. So it's kind of this, this, they're exploring a lot of the in-between stuff. And I don't know how you could do that without running into Luke, you know, who is arguably the most important in-between character, you know? Right. Um, because, and there's a lot of stuff we don't know about, you know, the, the Jedi and, and what Luke tried to do. I mean, we do know that, like, uh, Kylo Ren was bullied, you know, into letting a bunch of people kill a bunch of Jedi, I guess. But other than that, like, that's all we know. And so 
um, there, there's a lot of connections that need to be made there. So I, I'll, I'll, I kind of always thought it Luke would show up, um, or, or, or something, something pertaining to Luke would show up. Uh, so that, that, that wasn't the, uh, the, uh, the big shocker to me. The big shocker to me, of course, was, uh, that, uh, how much I would want him to just, uh, to quote, uh, you and tell Luke to screw off and, uh, just be like, Hey, <laughs> Uh, no, he's gonna be a uh, he's gonna be a Mandalorian now. Yes, um, I want Grogu in the Mandalorian suit the, the, so bad. The issue and like and th- this this is a thing for me. In fact, like I'm actually breaking my own rule because I didn't want to talk about Star Wars uh, ever again uh, until I had had one final say about it, or or until Boba Fett was uh, revealed to be a transgendered woman, which I didn't think was ever going to happen. But um, I, I, I my big issue. With Star Wars and with a lot of Star Wars fans, that don't understand that the reason we love all Star Wars is how emotional it is. Mm. And so the idea of what the Jedi are, uh, particularly in the original trilogy, and what I think Luke tries to make them in the Disney trilogy, really bothers me, which is like these emotionless monks. And so the scene at the end, where like you have this moment of just, you know, great affection between all these characters. Uh, you know, with the exception of Bo-Katan, who is just horrible and has no emotion or or character or anything. Uh, but like, but you have this affection and just this this love between these characters. And then it's like, okay, when I was going to become a, uh, a Jedi and learn to suppress all his emotions until he gets angry and commits a massacre, and that'll be great for everybody. And that, to me, was where I had issues with with what was happening because, like, when, when in the moment, like, it's just this beautiful moment. You know, it's like this you know, like, born free, kind of, you know, you know, go be with your pack, you know, kind of thing. But, like, when I think about it, I'm like, man, you know, it's like, there's a lot of questions that have to be asked here. And that's why, it's, that's another reason why I don't think you had mentioned, like, the apparent end of this storyline. I don't think it's the, it can't be the end of the storyline. Because if it's the end of the storyline, then what, then what we have to believe then is that Baby Yoda was massacred uh, by the Knights of Ren at some point. And I just don't believe that that, I mean, I'm looking at the Baby Yoda Build-A-Bear I've got right now, and I just don't believe that that's a really good ending for that, for that line of merchandising. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, that's, just, that, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, but but the, the scene itself uh, was perfect. Everything about it uh, was perfect, uh, you know, and, and obviously I have thoughts on Luke as well. But, um, but as far as, like, what's happening next in the next season, or beyond, I don't think it's the end of uh, of Grogu at all. Mm. Okay. I got you. I got you. Um, so yeah, so we will get into, so we will definitely get into the implications of of the ending because that's one of the first things I thought of whenever that whole sequence was going on. But first, before we do, I want to give it uh, um, to Jacob real quick and give him a chance to kind of share his thoughts about um, um, the ending and just kind of uh, the thoughts he might have about how it was handled and um, things like that. So, Hank, if you want to go with your uh, kind of impressions of the ending? Sure. Um, so, recently, um, I've been trying to rewatch Rise of Skywalker. Um, I haven't actually watched it since, theater, since I saw it in theaters uh, a year ago. And um, I've had some thoughts about that movie. I've, I've struggled with that movie quite a bit. Um, and, and I've realized that one of my biggest issues with it is pacing. Um, it does not let a moment breathe by any means. I know it's got a lot to do, but 
I really think they could have done a more concise story and fixed that. But that's I don't really want to talk about that so much as I do want to talk about how amazing the pacing was in this in the, in that final scene um, because they they linger on a lot of moments and to to great effect. Um, you know, you I mean they have multiple cuts between you know Grogu in the seat. Uh, Din uh, picking up Grogu, um, him uh, touching the mask, him taking off the mask, him setting Grogu down, Grogu grabs his leg, we all cry, um, <laughs> and, then he, and then he finally walks over to Luke, and then Luke takes him, but even then the scene's not over because, uh, the, of course, the final scene doesn't really happen until the elevator closes. Um, oh, and we get a wonderful R2-D2 cameo. Um, where, For sure. Because everything's better with R2-D2. Um, well, they have like a little conversation. And Exactly, and, yes, and they have a little conversation. And that makes you cry. You don't even and, know what they're, yeah, what's being said. You know, you're, but it's emotional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, they're, they're both saying, we're the strongest people in this entire galaxy. And they're just like, yeah, yeah no, 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 you're right, dude. Really you're right. You know, <laughs> we, have, we have saved multiple people without them even noticing. Um but no, I just I genuinely love the scene. Um, I love that there was a such a steady build up. And I, I don't know if we're going to talk about this later, um, but and if I'm getting ahead of myself, I apologize. But there was such a steady build up to what Dan was willing to do um, against his code, with his code, for his code, just to save Grogu. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's something that. It's really interesting in story in story arcs that people don't really focus on a lot. In when you set up someone with having a certain way of doing things, how far are they willing to go, even against what they had started as, just to save what they love, um, or or to help something that they love? So the fact that in the last scene he takes off his helmet, he literally like it's on the floor, like it's he's not holding it; it's literally on the floor, you know. And the fact that you contrast that with the first season where the only time he took it off was literally to save himself from dying. Um, and the only other time he took it off in this season was to save Grogu. Um, I, I just... And then to show Grogu his face. And then to show Grogu his face, yes. Um, and, and yes, and we're tearing up as, as, as we speak about it. Um, I, just, I just thought it was a beautiful scene. I thought they handled that part just incredibly well. Um, and that was, there was so much payoff to, to what they had been building to. Um, and, and also just, I'm just going to get this out of here. I don't understand anyone who said that this season was boring. Some people said the season was boring and I do not That's get that fun. at all. I, Sorry. No, yeah. No, 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 you're right. No, you're right, Kenny. Um, it, it is a WTF moment if anyone says that. Um, but, uh, but yeah. So yes, I love the finale. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't heard on that criticism about season two. Um, uh, I'm a bizarre to hear that that opinion even exists. I mean, we had had this episode, had an episode where they snuck into like an imperial facility um, and fought their way out. We had an episode where Soko was basically the monster in a monster movie. Hunting down stormtroopers. So yeah, that's a very, it's very bizarre criticism. I agree. Uh, that's going around. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, um. 
we are going <laughs> we are going to talk about Luke. I promise everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm, sa- I'm saving him for last because he's a pretty big deal. <laughs> he, he's my favorite he, Star Wars character. So yeah, yeah and, we and, and, uh, and he brings up a lot to talk about, not even just concerning the fact that he showed up. Uh, so we will get to Luke. First, uh, before we get there, though, um, uh, I want to talk about um, another character that showed up this season that was, um, if if any Star Wars character showing up could be comparable in hype um, to Luke Skywalker at, um, at kind of his prime, um, it'd probably be the bounty hunter... Hoba Fett, um, and mm-hmm. Hoba Fett showed up this season. Um, he showed he showed up for a good entire last half of the season. He was actually around a lot, um, a lot more than I was expecting him to be, to be honest. Even after he showed up the first time, um, so Hoba Fett, um, I love Hoba Fett, and there's a couple of reasons why, right? So. Um, I still kind of consider myself kind of a student um, of Star Wars lore. Um, I'm starting to read a lot of um, the supplementary stuff, starting to read a lot of like the old canon stuff and the new canon stuff. I'm catching up on my um, supplementary materials. Um, So there's a part there where I read some of the Boba Fett stuff that's come out um, and I see him on the show and I'm just like, yeah, he's like a really cool character. Um, but there's a certain, there's a certain kind of mysticism kind of surrounding his character in that he really isn't on camera all that much in the original trilogy. We don't really get a lot about him from the original source material with the films, and yet... I can think of very few Star Wars characters who are as massively popular as Boba Fett is. Um, Josh, I'm gonna give it to you as somebody who who knows a whole lot about Star Wars. Um, as myself, I'm still kind of a student trying to figure things out. How did you feel about um, the depiction and characterization of Boba Fett um, these last few episodes? Uh, did you feel that they held pretty true to of the legacy of the character was there anything you think they could have done better i'm um, just kind of tell me your thoughts about on the bounty hunter well i'm gonna start that no there's nothing they could have done better um this is this was the this was the best way to bring both back and it's uh, this this is un, this is an unfair question ask me because i have a a un, unequivocal love for Boba Fett and everything about him um, so like literally every time, so like I, I I have the emotional reaction to the slave one that Jenny has to Baby Yoda, you know. <laughs> uh, so like so like you know like Jenny's like crying because Baby Yoda like has turned his head slightly to the right and is cooing, <laughs> and like I I start crying because I'm like it's the slave one coming out of the sky and blowing and murdering everything. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Um, but there was the, the uh, there was a lot of really good decisions made of Boba Fett. Uh, best decision first and foremost to uh, Tamira Morrison. I'm probably messing up his name, but that was a fantastic choice to just bring him back and just be like, look, 
do it in all of your, you know, dad bod glory, whatever. Okay, like that was a fantastic decision, bringing him back to do it. Uh, there were there could have been a lot of really interesting stunt casting they could have done, and they didn't they didn't go for it. Uh, that was a fantastic decision. The decision number two that they made that was fantastic was having him uh, repaint his armor. Um, that, that was genius as well um, because it signifies something new and signifies now we're going to tell a different aspect. We're restarting this Boba Fett story, so we're going to retell a different aspect of it. Um, and then putting him uh, with Ming-Na Wen's character, whose name is leaving me. Uh, Finnick. Finnick. Putting him with uh, Finnick was another mm. fantastic choice. Uh, and then, of course, just having him being like, there's no, there, there's no point where Boba Fett isn't the most powerful person on the screen uh, mm. when he's on the screen. Uh, so it's like, I'm going to show up, I'm going to take down an entire Stormtrooper battalion, uh, and then, like, I, at, at the best, like, when, even when he gets away in the in the uh, uh, the final episode, you know, uh, and kills those two Stormtroopers, you know, with that awesome little clock, you know, that awesome little, like, I'm going to spin around like a clock move. I mean, it was just, that was just perfect, you know. There's no point where they weren't, you know, just telling you how awesome this character is. Um but I, I, I will say I have been intrigued to see how how long it took them to do this because when the Mandalorian was first announced, my first thought was, oh, they're doing a Boba Fett series. Then we find out really quickly it wasn't Boba Fett. Right. And they, you know, Disney has, you know, I mean, I think Disney's played with the legacy really well. I think there's a lot of stuff they've done. Um, you know, like they're 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 being very careful not to overplay their hand, so to speak. But it is interesting to me that they've taken so long to bring Boba Fett back. I wonder if part of it is because of how uh, weird weird Boba Fett got in the extended universe before Disney took over. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's just a whole other story. But, like, you know, it's just it's just different. Uh, he's he, by the, you know, by, by a certain point, he's basically just a straight-up, you know, vanilla good guy. And so I'm kind of hoping that, you know, with, with what we saw at the end, and stop me if you don't want me to talk about this yet, Al, but, like, with what we saw at the end of the book of Boba Fett, that he's, I, you know, what I told Jake was, like, I'm really hoping we're going to get the Godfather with Boba Fett. That would be the most amazing <laughs> thing to me. Like, that would be the, the best possible outcome for me. Uh, no, no, that's great. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, it leads me into my next um, segue. Uh I'll go to Jacob for this one. Um, Jacob, um, uh, the last uh, the last ten years or so of MCU films that, that we've gotten probably trained you to stick around after the credits a lot better than uh, me. Considering when I watched this last episode, I I almost went ahead and stopped it when the credits started to roll. Um, and then my friend who I was watching it with was just like, oh, wait, there's like six more minutes left. Uh, are they doing a post-credit scene? Uh, Jacob, how did you feel about uh, what we saw with the post-credit scene and the first um, full announcement of uh, the book of Boba Fett? Um, I was very, very excited and surprised to see it, actually. Um, <clears throat> I knew that we were going to get... Uh, I knew that we were going to get a in credit scene on Facebook. Um, fortunately, I, I was able to not have any actual spoilers beyond just, hey, there's a big credit scene, um, which is gotcha. you know, which I was actually happy about because I was like, okay, that's that's cool. 
Um, <clears throat> but I was actually surprised to see what was there um, between. I love that they had Bib Fortuna to just take over after Java died. I think that's honestly, I think that's hilarious. Um, and I love that apparently, apparently Boba was the first person to challenge him on that. Um, and also, apparently, Salacious Crumb has been murdered too. I, that was the one character that was missing from that scene. Uh, he's on the barge. What, oh, that he explodes. is on the barge. Yeah. So Fortuna's not though. Is Fortuna not? I guess. I need, I'll need to rewatch. I don't. I just. So. I, I just hope they explain this canonically that Salacious Crumb has been murdered. Uh, is that that's, uh, that's that's what you want from that? I one? do. I yeah. do. I, I do want that. <laughs> I, I want at some point the, for Boba Fett to look down at, like some bones and be like. That looks like Salacious Crumb. <laughs> and then move on, okay? Like, just so I know that that seems never in Star Wars ever again. Um, but I, uh, I was, I was very, I'm very excited to see what they do with that. Um, I like, I love the fact that they brought back Fennec. Um, I thought that she was a great character from the first season, mm-hmm. and um, and I was actually kind of upset whenever I thought that she died. Um, and that we were kind of wasting Ming-Na, uh, or Ming-Na Wen as a, uh, as a, uh, co-star. But of course then she came back and then she, you know, was just awesome the She's entire like time. It's like a sidekick. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what they do with that. Um, him taking over the Hut Cartel is definitely a... Really, really interesting story, um, and I. Uh, one of the things that Josh said, he was like, you know, that he said that Boba Fett and the some of the Legends books kind of becomes closer to an actual like good guy. And although I don't, I don't doubt that Boba has you know certain amounts of honor and he has you know certain things that he wants to do for the good. Boba is definitely, an, and he is the definition of an antihero. Is is what he should be. He's a bounty hunter. He 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 has his own he has his own path, and that he's going to go through it, no matter what, who he has to go through to get to get his goals. Um, and so, to see him just walk in and just off Bit Fortuna in less than ten seconds, you know, doesn't even talk to him, just shoots him. I was I was like, okay, we're we're get, we're getting back to we're getting back to back to basics. We're getting back to the Boba Fett that we kind of expected from not only the earlier Legends books, but also uh, the bounty hunter from the, from the original trilogy. So um, I'm very, very excited to see what the book of Boba Fett is like. Yeah. Yeah, it was very... It was almost kind of a jarring kind of transition for the character because this is a character, as far as the show goes, that you just saw, you know, be very honorable um, uh, with Jin. And being like, okay, well, I mean, I'm honor bound to have to help you find the baby um, and things like that. You know, this is something I have to do to my own armor. You know, he defends um, um, his father's reputation for having been given the armor as a gift. And he gets into like a sparring kind of contest um, (laughs) um, with Bo-Katan, which seemed... Which, like, as I was watching it, felt very random and out of place. But um, you see, you see him very quickly go from this very like honor-bound, honor-filled kind of character um, to just walking into Jabba's palace. Um, 
Adolfing a couple dudes and just kind of, <laughs> just kind of sitting down and staring at the camera like, I'm the hut now. <laughs> Look at me. I'm the hut now. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was great. I'm very excited to see where that um, is going to go. Um, Jenny, um, do you have any um, thoughts about um, how Boba Fett was um, used in the show? Uh, how excited you were to see him? Uh, anything like that? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I kind of just echo everything Josh and Jacob said. Um, as somebody who always loves uh, anti-heroes, I've always been a big uh, Boba Fett stan, even as a little girl. Um, yeah. You know, Boba Fett was marrying my Barbies and whatnot. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked. I'm excited to see what they do. And, uh, yeah. I, uh, I, I want to interject because I have to. Um, sure. I just want to make this definitive statement using with all of my Star Wars knowledge and everything I know that Bo-Katan needs to shut up when she's talking to Boba Fett. Okay? <laughs> that doesn't need to happen. He's not, get, get off his level, okay? Because you're not. You're not even close. And here's the thing. So the, the character that's playing, or the person that's playing the, the Bo-Katan uh, acolyte uh, is, is Sasha Banks, who is one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. And so I was having a really hard time uh, because, you know, I'm like, well, you're stupid too, because that's Boba Fett. But at the same time, you're Sasha Banks and you're like one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. So it's really <laughs> difficult for me. So I just want to, but I want to make the definitive statement that uh, there's no way that Bo Katan or any of the Mandalorians from uh, Clone Wars are on Boba Fett's level. I just, that to be definitively stated as, as the opinion of the Phantom Correspondents, all of us. I don't care what y'all think. That's our definitive. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. All right, he, he spoke for us, okay? Yes. All right. I have well, spoken. Yeah, he, exactly. he has spoken. I have spoken. Okay. All right, well, there you go, everybody. Um, I'm sure sure everybody was wondering what Josh's opinions were on Bo-Katan, so there, were. So there you go. <laughs> I bet, I bet That's why know. everybody clicked on mm, this. Yeah, oh, yeah. Turn the podcast yeah. off. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, bye, everybody. We'll be back for the end of the year podcast. <laughs> let me just let me just grab a pen, and scratch out about half the agenda I had down for tonight. Okay, Josh took care of it. Um, but um, no, asking about his character though, um, I think I said it like three or four times as I was watching it, um, as I was watching the episode. It was so cool and so surreal to hear that actor's voice come out of Boba Fett. It was just so odd after um, and they kind of grown up with the Clone Wars series um, and hearing a bunch of the clones talk and watching the prequels and stuff like that. Um, it was just so surreal to hear that voice come out of <laughs> hear that voice come out of the helmet um, the entire time. It was wild. Very cool. Um, okay. So, um, Josh has, has given his judgment on <laughs> on the tier list of characters who are Mandalorians. So there we go. Um, so that leaves um, that leaves the big appearance um, in the episode. Um, the man, um, Jacob's favorite Star Wars character, probably one of his favorite characters in all of fiction um and real life um, <laughs> yes 
we got we got a somewhat CGI appearance um, of Luke Skywalker um, sh- showing up. Um, I pointed it out um, as I was watching it with um, the people I was watching it with uh, that um, his hallway scene where he takes on the dark troopers um, uh, to me kind of reminded me of um, of the ending of Rogue One um, where Darth Vader has his hallway scene with the rebels. Yeah. Kind of how Vader's um, is so like um, so so dark and terrifying and brutal. Um, and you see uh, Duke Skywalker have have his version of it um, in the season two finale is showing a bit more finesse, um, a bit more um, a bit more control, and then also showing that um, same kind of flash of brute force too, as like he kind of like uh, uses the force to um, to kind of crush uh, the last of the troopers. Um, outside the room, uh, which I thought was very, very neat. Um, uh, yeah, probably probably the best kept secret of the last two years um, uh, was Mark Hamill's involvement um, in this episode. Uh, was not very well kept for me because I was an unfortunate person who who woke up on Friday, uh, checked my work email. Um, Took care of some business things, uh, checked Twitter just for a hot second, and saw a spoiler right there on my timeline as soon as I opened the app. Um, so whoever's out there just just watching every new episode of The Mandalorian at, at 4 o'clock a.m. and posting spoilers to Twitter, um, you can you can just go screw off as we all wish The Mandalorian had told Luke when he showed up. Uh, but... Um, I'll give it to Jacob first because, again, it's one of his favorite characters in all of fiction. Um, Jacob, tell me all of your thoughts, <laughs> thoughts, feelings, and passions when you saw Luke Skywalker show up at the end of season two. So, <clears throat> Luke and 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 the sequel trilogy and everything. A lot of people had said that they hated that when we saw him, he was more so the defeated Jedi. He was. That he had, he had failed. He was, he was dealing with that, and we didn't really see him as the Jedi Master that he was until literally his last moments, um, where he pulled off a Force power that we had never seen before. Mm. Um, and although I love, I love Luke in the Last Jedi, and uh, anyone who doesn't understand why and disagrees with me can check out my Last Jedi articles on the Fan Correspondence uh, website plug on that um i personally adored this cameo um because because the thing is is that even as i say all the things i love about luke and last Jedi, there's never a point where i didn't want to see this kind of luke like this version of him um you know i love that they have this big setup where you know the mandalorian is struggling you know with just one dark trooper you know he's He's just—it's just so difficult, you know, to to take one down, and you know he gets the dark saber at the end. And honestly, I thought like once he had the dark saber, I was like, okay, he's gonna like, I I had actually there was a part of me that actually thought that he was going to die, uh, um, saving uh, saving baby Yoda. There there that was a part a part of me that thought that, but then when the uh, when the X wing just flies in, onto the screen, like it took me a second because I was like, okay, the New Republic's here, but then like. 
they're just like, it's just one. And I was like, oh, oh my God, oh, what's happening? Like I was, I was losing my mind in oh, over over here at Denny's. I was, I, I almost, I almost spontaneously combusted. Uh, you can ask either either of them, um, you know. And and then because then you see the green lightsaber, and that's literally my favorite lightsaber in, in the in the lore, and just everything about it was so great. You see all the really cool force powers that he's using. He's crushing the one droid. Um, you know, I just, I just, I just loved it. I loved it so much. I, I could have watched him destroy a, a star destroyer full of dark troopers literally for three hours and would not be bored by any means. Um, but, uh, but of course, then he takes Grogu, and you know, then there's some very conflicted emotions there. Um, but, but at the same time, I, I thought his cameo was great. Um, I didn't mind the CGI. I, I know some people have been complaining about that. Apparently, as another thing, um, I didn't think it was that bad. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously, I noticed. I noticed it, but I mean, it wasn't. It did not take me out of the moment by any means. Um, and 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 in the same way that you know the way they did Tarkin and Leia in Rogue One, I was I was fine with that. I was fine with the scene of Rise of Skywalker, and I'm fine with this. Um, I thought that they did a really good job. Um, Utilizing that character without recasting him. Gotcha. Uh, so let me ask you this, because um, there's a lot of speculation that whether it be in on the Mandalorian show or in one of um, any of the just host of other um, Star Wars shows and content uh, that we're getting in the next few years, um, there's been some discussion that if Luke continues to have cameos or play roles in the shows that they can't rely on this CGI stuff every time. And there's been a discussion of if he should be recasted with a younger actor. Um, if they go that route, is there a actor who is, uh, excuse me, is there an actor who comes to mind um, in your head that would do a good job? Playing Luke, Sebastian Stan. I yeah, yep. like, like <laughs> I, I love that Jimmy said it before. Literally anyone else could. Before he like um, got dead, like talking, I was I was know, wanting to say Sebastian, Sebastian Stan. Sebastian, Sebastian. <laughs> um, he'd really be the first person I would think of, um, especially because timeline wise and age wise, he would be perfect. Ex- exactly what you would need for. Um, uh, just being the perfect specimen of human being, clearly, <laughs> um, but also Luke Skywalker. Um, but uh, but of course, it's all it's also interesting because I had thought about the process of them doing a time jump, or well, I think Josh mentioned it first, of them possibly doing a time jump to where the Mandalorian has to save Grogu from the temple and fight off the Knights of Ren, which would be interesting. Um, but the thing is, is that if they do that, that's only like 10, 15 years down the road. They could do Mark, just Mark Hamill because they, I mean, they've already established that in um, in Star Wars, uh, if you go and are not seen for twenty years, you turn from Ewan McGregor to Alec Guinness. Um, <laughs> you know, true. So you, uh, you age a lot faster if you go to some of those desert planets. Apparently. Especially as humans. So. Um, yeah. So, um, so they they could definitely do that. They could they could just have Mark Hamill just being him. Um, you know, they, they I, I'd be perfectly fine 
that. But if they were trying to stick with this, <clears throat> excuse me, if they were trying to stick with this, like right after like the first five years uh, between Return of the Jedi and The Mandalorian, and they're trying to do like this whole thing where Luke is searching for the last Jedi's um, of the galaxy, I I'd be fine if they if they went with Sebastian Stan. Um, in fact, there was a point when he first raised the hood. I think I had it so much in my head because someone had shared that fan art of Sebastian Stan as Luke. Mm. And of course, Jenny just, I always think I see Sebastian Stan now, uh, if I'm married to Jenny, um, <laughs> that there was a point where I actually thought it was him. But then as I started kind of paying closer attention, I was like, okay, no, they're just doing the, uh, they're just doing the CPI. Um, so yeah, Sebastian Stan would, be, would definitely be my choice if they were, if they were going to do that, if he was going to have more than just like one or two scenes, um, especially if they were going to do like an actual like series or a few episodes where he is in the show. Um, same with the, the base of the way that they did Tamara Morrison. You know, you, you would kind of need someone to actually be there. It could have just be CGI the entire time. Right. I'm actually kind of okay with the CGI. Uh, and uh, and I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was well done, particularly if it's done sparingly. Um, if you do it sparingly, I don't see any reason to cast anyone else. Uh, I don't. I don't have anything against Sebastian Stan, uh, but this will come as no shock that uh, to Jenny and Jake that I think he's too tall to play Luke Skywalker because he's six foot two. Mm-hmm. Skywalker is canonically like five foot nine, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a big deal for me. That's the only thing I'm prejudiced about in, uh, in uh, nerddom. It's the only thing I care about is the height ratio. Uh, so you know, um, but that, but but other than that, I mean, yeah, Sebastian Stan would be fine. But uh, but if if they if they continue to go CGI route. I, I, it didn't bother me. You know, I thought it was I thought it was pretty well done. Gotcha. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Um, so, um, Jenny, I'm going to go to you. So, um, when all of this happened, and honestly, it was it's kind of going in my head um, even before I watched the episode because I had the unfortunate um, experience of seeing a spoiler that um, Skywalker was showing up online. Um, but especially when the episode was going and we got that very um, emotional uh, moment uh, between Grogu um, and the Mandalorian. Um, and then he went off with Luke Skywalker, um, presumably to his, uh, his brand spanking new um, Jedi Academy. Um, I totally had the thought of, wow, Obviously, the scene is really well done. This is this is very heavy scene, very emotional, um, very excellent job from everyone involved. Um, we people who live in the future of the timeline, um, we know what happens at the academy that Luke Skywalker starts, um, and that holds kind of grim implications um, for. Or the baby. Um, so, Jenny, um, I'll throw it to you, since you are very much invested um, in, th- um, in that particular uh, part of the timeline in Star Wars, uh, considering uh, the significance um, of Ben Solo um, and those events. Um, so what are your kind of thoughts and feelings as far as um, these implications that people are talking about that s- something bad could happen the baby when uh, Ben and Luke have their falling out 
Um, is that very heavy in your mind? What's kind of going on with you in regards to all that? Well, that is one of the reasons that I was like, this is the last time I'm seeing Grogu. Um, but then, like, after I got to thinking about it and kind of talking about it with Josh and Jacob, um, you know, I don't, I think that Grogu is a different kind of Jedi. If, he, if he's mm-hmm. of the same species as Yoda, mm-hmm. he is significantly wiser than everybody else, right? So, like, I feel like he would sense something and probably, like, either a peace out before all that happened or I don't know. I'm also kind of hoping that somehow everything turns around. He becomes a Mandalorian. There's just, there's a lot. (laughs) I I just think a Grogu in a Mandalorian suit is just like one of my dreams that I uh, have just recently discovered. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just adorable in my head. Like I just, it it keeps me going actually last few days. Um, (laughs) But uh, but I kind of think that could happen because I feel like he is, um, that last scene. I feel like he Luke's gonna be like, "Yo, this he's too emotional." Um, mm. but you know, if you go by, you know, Luke trying to change the monk style, then maybe he wouldn't say that. But if he does say he's too emotional, maybe he can be a Mandalorian. I don't know. It's just there's a lot. It's it's a lot and. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, gotcha. uh, yeah. No, no, I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, it definitely raises a lot, um, a lot of really interesting questions, both about the timeline and just kind of, um, about the characters, um, in general. Um, um, a few episodes before where, uh, a Grogu and Mando, um, find Ahsoka Tano, um, uh, one of the big takeaways Ahsoka has has about Grogu is that you know his personal ties to you are so strong. Um, yes, to, to uh, the point that there's like a danger there. Um, almost kind of foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so if um, Ahsoka is able to sense that, um, one would imagine that. Luke Skywalker would almost have to be able to sense that. <laughs> um, so yeah, it raises a bunch of interesting questions. We could see a thing uh, where Luke is just like, you know, t- t- too much has already happened to him. I don't think I can. Um, I don't think I can train him. Um, it could be a factor contributing to the suspicions he has about Ben um, later on mm-hmm. as well. Um, sure. Yeah, it raises a lot of. It raises a lot, a lot of interesting questions, um, for sure. But um, I did have kind of the fun thought, um, or kind of the fun kind of imagery in my head of um, of both Grogu and Ben Solo um, at the training academy, and Luke is trying to like teach her lecture on the Force, um, and, ben, <laughs> and Ben has like a snack he's eating, um, and Grogu just kind of like looks over at him. <laughs> And just like uses the force to pull the snack over to <laughs> pull the snack yes, over to him. Yeah, that'd be so cute. So it's just like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> I, love <laughs> I love that. I want if they're gonna go all the way in with like the new academy, I really want to see some kind of interaction between Grogu and Ben Solo. I think that would be great. Oh, I um, love that too. Would be fantastic. Um, can I Josh, I don't think they can because I don't think he would have become Kylo Ren if he had seen Grogu. 
That's that, a good point. That's very true. That could that be. Kinda, well, and that kind of leads me to believe. Leaves, and then that's what becomes Kylo Ren. I would become Kylo Ren if Grogu was me. You know, <laughs> like, oh, no, never mind. This is this is the story arc All we right. didn't know we needed. They're gonna so, call us and be like, "Take your podcast down I now." Take it down now. <laughs> <laughs> Give an NDA if I get the bandit horse. Like, wait, what? That is, that is way better than the Palpatine theory that Homeboy, like... Everything is way better than Palpatine. Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't even need to finish that sentence, okay. to be honest. Uh, yeah. Gosh. You see, I'll be honest now. Now I'm just imagining a redo of that scene towards the end of The, towards the, end of the Last Jedi where Ben kind of has his hand out towards Rey and is helping her to join him and... Um, and let the past go, except instead of Ray, it's it's Grogu at the academy. <laughs> and he's just like, please. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we, we cracked it. We cracked the Star we Wars code. It. We just had a little ball, and, he, and he's just like, you're still holding on! <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. Oh man, y'all. Hey, Disney, we are available if you want to hire us as... <laughs> As writers, <laughs> we are available. Like, we drop everything. We're questioning yeah. it. So just... <laughs> yep. uh, man, that'd be great. Um, okay, so Josh, um, I will throw it to you to kind of tie everything up for us. Um, How did you feel about the appearance of Luke um, at the end of the show? Uh, and... As someone who I consider to be kind of um, the Star Wars expert um, in my own life, um, you and Jacob are kind of the people um, I text or call whenever I have um, a question about Star Wars. Um, what, in your opinion, what is going to be kind of the fallout as far as um, the implications for where Grogu is going, where Jin is going? Um, how do you see the future of this show uh, kind of playing out. I want to hear um, your theories for the future of the Mandalorian. Well, here's it, it's interesting because the Mandalorian. Um, I, I've thought about this a lot because, like the that last episode, left me with a lot of things to think about. And the thing about the last and this season, of Mandalorian, um, was uh, even even though, as you say, I have a lot of Star Wars knowledge. I was really really upset. Uh, with how where Star Wars had gone, uh, with just w w with a lot of it, uh, and that, you know, and uh, and I, I would, you know, click it over to or kick it over to Jenny Nicholson anytime you get a chance. Uh, who's probably the bigger Star Wars fan than, than any of us, you know. And she she was very clear saying, you know, like I'm just really upset, you know, because this was something that was such a huge part of who I was, and now I'm just I don't even know what to do with it because the, you know, the fandom had gotten so toxic and everything. Thing. And I, I do want to give credit to John Favreau and Dave Filoni and everybody because Mandalorian season two is one of those things where it's so good and it's so Star Wars that it allows it allowed me to forget how much I was upset with everything. Mm -hmm. But here's what I will say, okay? Because we can't ignore Rise of Skywalker and we can't ignore what happened there. And what's interesting about the end of Mandalorian uh, this season is that. It almost leads to more questions because Rise of Skywalker, which was supposed to be a movie that ties up a lot of things, actually has a lot of questions left at the end of it as well. 
well. Yes. For example, what even is a Jedi anymore? And so Mandalorian going in this post Rise of Skywalker world, we don't even know what the Jedi are really. Uh, to me, that's interesting, and, and it's almost juxtaposed to the first season, where you can definitely tell the first season was written with Last Jedi in mind, where it's you know all these like you know people on the outer rim, and like you know you just hear over and over like, well, no one cares about us out here, and you know, and the government doesn't, you know, the Republic doesn't come out here, the Empire doesn't come out here, and the only thing that happens out here is oppression and all this stuff. It's definitely within line with what Last Jedi was doing, which seemed to be this kind of you know, the forces with the oppressed people, and that's who's going to rise up. And then Rise of Skywalker just kind of shoved that to the side. And so I am wondering where season three is going to go because there isn't that that overarching theme anymore to this new series. Um, and so with, with this, but I, I, I'm excited about it because it's just been so well done so far. That I don't like every single time where I think they're going again to a problematic area, uh, you know, they they knock it out of the park. You know, bringing mm. back Boba Fett could have been a disaster, an absolute mm. disaster. Sure. You know, I mean, Boba Fett could have come back and been like, I've seen the errors of my ways, and I know that this little one has to go to Luke Skywalker. And like, and I mean, that could have absolutely happened. You mm. know, like you could have totally seen what I just said happening. And the fact of what they did with him. You know, how they played that was so perfect. I really have a lot of faith in what they're going to do. But I am intrigued to see, because like, cause Jake's already brought it up, you brought it up, Kenny's brought it up. There's this missing piece of the lore now that a very, you know, up until up until we met Grogu or Baby Yoda, I, I really didn't care what happened in the Jedi Academy. You know, because it was just a, it was a MacGuffin, basically. It was, oh, Ben was there, Luke was there. They had a falling out. Everybody died. Okay. Now we've got baby Grogu heading that way. And that story has to be told some way, in some way, shape, form, or fashion. You can't have a character that's this beloved, you know, and I mean, and I'm talking like universally beloved. Like oh, yeah. there's like 75 different ornaments that you can get to put on your Christmas tree of this guy. <laughs> you can't have a character that beloved and not tell that story. And I'm wondering how they're going to do it. Um, you know, where it's going to be in a book or a comic book or a show or something. But that part of the story has to be told some way um, right. because now we're invested in what happens in that place, you know. And, uh, and so that to me is, that's the intriguing thing. Mandalorian season three is going to be a knockout no matter what they do, okay. Mm. But because uh, they just proven with the last two seasons that they can knock it out. And so I'm just assuming this one's going to be a knockout. But what they do with that, with that storyline, that to me is what's intriguing um, because, you know, it's, there's no way he dies. There's no way, you know, there's no way that like Grogu dies there. It's just, it's just that would be, that that's inconceivable to me. Mm. Um, so I, 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 I'm intrigued to see what happens, what the fallout is of that. I'm, if I can interject, yes. um, I'm low-key kind of worried they don't even address it in the third season and they focus more on the Darksaber and yes. how, yeah. because he's, you know, he's stuck with the Darksaber and so Bo-Katan's like, nah. And so, like, <laughs> I feel like that's mostly wow. what the, the season's going to mm-hmm. be about. And so that's going to be 
that probably could take up a whole season. They might not even address Grogu for at least till the fourth season. I fully believe Mandalorian season three is is about the refounding of Mandalore. Yeah. You know, I fully believe that's what it's going. So to I'm be. wondering if they'll even address that. They might while. not, but I'm saying it's there. It I has know. to be addressed at some point. You know, <laughs> it just it has to be like somehow it has to be addressed. I know. Yeah. I know when the when the first season came out, they said they had six seasons planned. Okay. Um, so Ooh. there's a lot you can do in six seasons. So yeah, there's a lot you can do in six seasons. And, and I guess it's yeah. possible that the whole dark saber storyline could be done in probably one or two episodes. It can't be. No. But it can't be. You have no idea. Well, <laughs> you have no idea how much grief that thing has caused. No, I mean I could tell. Homegirl was like, it was, Homegirl was upset. It was like know? the ring and one of the rings. Like she see, was. Like... I, I expect to see Darth Maul again, and he's dead. no, he isn't. <laughs> yes, he's, yes, no, he is. No, are you sure? He dies in Rebels. Okay, but did Rebels happen before or after this? Ooh. Before. How do you know? Because it happens because before of hope. Well, then how do you know he's still dead? Because Obi Wan buries him. Well, but I mean, he, After fell, he, he fell down a shaft that was cut in half, you know? Yeah, and then he came back. Also, Palpatine. Also, Palpatine. Hey, no one's ever really gone. Yeah, no, no one's ever really gone. No one's ever really gone. It's true. I do hope we get to see Moff Gideon's death in season three. That to me is the weird, the, I will say the weirdest part of this episode was how they went out of their way not to kill Moff Gideon. Well, because Homegirl wanted him alive. But not anymore because Mando's got the dark saber, so like it doesn't matter. So like, no, not Bo Katan, other girl. Cara Dune. Yeah. Cara Dune won him alive. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. He said he's IP. He has a lot. Because of- oh, okay. he he was he's... like, "Yo, I'm gonna kill myself," and she's like, "No, you ain't." And then she like did the okay. thing. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he said that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's just like now you wait. Be. <laughs> I, 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 well, yeah, they did. They went out of their way. Yeah, and I mean. So I guess he's gonna be in this third season. But God, I, I can stand him. I can't well, stand him at all. Cara, uh, Cara Dune, uh, before all the Gina Carano drama, uh, was supposed to get her own season. Oh uh, uh, yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I, I, there was a rumor going around that. She would not get a season unless uh, the Disney told her she wouldn't get a season unless uh, she made a huge apology for everything, and I don't think she's done that. So, <laughs> so, so I don't know, but uh, but still, that was kind of weird. I don't know. That was that, that to me was you know I I, I don't care if he's ISP. I think I would have capped him at some point. Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would. Well, sliced his head off. Yeah, that's just end it. Yeah. He's also he's also in a very weird. Um, place as well as far as just kind of the role he's playing because season one kind of set up um off gideon as like hey he's like he's like the new big bad like he he's the guy in the empire now um and that kind of got turned on its head during the ahsoka episode because now we know that grand thrawn a great yeah. Admiral Throne is, oh, is, suppo- is supposedly around. So, like, he's got kind of a a weird role, and that's even, almost even uh, more magnified. It'll be interesting to see in season three if, um, um, if Moff Gideon uh, is even aware uh, that Grand Throne is around. Yeah. That's, oh, he's <laughs> probably aware. The Grand like, Ra- the thing, like the, that's around. the thing, like, the... The, when the, the moment Grand Admiral Thrawn's name was mentioned, you know, I mean, that to me was like, 
well, we're, we're about to see a downfall of Moff Gideon because, you know, Thrawn has such a, such an attachment. Presence. Yeah, he's got, well, yeah, presence or whatever, but there's such a fan attachment to that character. Mm. Um, um, if, uh, if I may interject real quick, uh, yeah. one, Al, have you finished Rebels? The series? Yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. So my thought process is that Ahsoka is looking for Ezra. What are you? What are your thoughts on that? And um, yeah. my thought process is that somehow she thinks that Thrawn knows where he is. Right. Um, so, um, have you seen? Have you seen the end of of Star Wars Rebels, Jacob? I'm sorry. Have you seen the end of of Star Wars Rebels? Unfortunately, I haven't watched the last season. I just I know that Ezra ends up disappearing. Uh, and I think he, I think he tries, I think he sacrifices himself, and then it fast forwards to the end of Endor, and Sabine and Ahsoka are going to go look for him. That's from from what I gathered, that was the finale, correct? Right. So yeah. Oh, so um, Endor. yeah. Of course so, she is. Anyways. So do you care if I spoil the last episode of Rebels? No. No, 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 go right ahead. It's a spoiler cast as it is. Okay, so so additional heads up for spoilers. If you were going to start Star Wars Rebels, um, <laughs> I'm, about, I'm about to spoil the last five five minutes of the last episode of Star Wars Rebels as a heads up. Um, so Ezra does disappear. Um, what's interesting about that, though, is that Ezra and Thrawn um, are involved in, like, the the same incident. So it's assumed they're both on the same starship that just kind of goes into deep space, into, like, a, into like a black hole type of thing. Um, they're on the same starship. So that line from Ahsoka in that episode of The Mandalorian was really big to me because that implies if she thinks or knows that Thrawn is back, that that has to imply that Ezra is back. Um, mm. And so, so, so I would say that that the logic from there is that Ahsoka is trying to find Thrawn, not just because Thrawn knows where Ezra is, but because wherever Thrawn can be found, he probably has has Ezra with them because the exact same thing happened um, to both of them at the end of the rebels show. Mm. Um, so that's why <laughs> that's one of the reasons why uh, the Ahsoka episode was cool. It was so cool to me one, because I love Ahsoka Tano uh, and two, uh, because that was a really big reveal for just kind of the implications of um, of Thrawn, of Ezra, of everybody, um, which leads me to my last thing about the end of Rebels and its involvement um, in the Mandalorian is where is Sabine Wren? Because as a Mandalorian herself, I would have thought she would have been a really natural fitting piece to the Mandalorian stuff that we just haven't seen yet i'm still kind of assuming she's going to show up eventually because she just fits so well into what is going on um um with the mandalorians and the darksaber stuff um but yeah that's just where i'm at 
I was when they originally announced that Sasha Banks was going to be in the show. Uh, Mercedes Vernado, is that you say mm-hmm. actual name? Um, when they had announced that she was going to be in the show, um, I, I thought she was going to be Sabine. I, I really did, um, because as as Sasha, she's she's always known for having like the like purple or blue hair. So I was like, I mean, she already has basically the look down. And I was like, you know, and if we're going based on on age um, and where the Mandalorian takes place, she'd be about the right age for Sabine. Um, but she was a, she was actually a new character, um, so I was I was with you. I was surprised to not see her. Um, that was kind of the bigger surprise for me from this season. But um, but I'm kind of with you. I th- I think she has to show up sooner or later. Um, especially if they're gonna, if they're going to do if they're if they're doing an actual Ahsoka spinoff, I think it would make sense to. Mm. I th- I think that's that's the story for the Ahsoka spinoff. Is she's looking for Thrawn and Ezra. And Sabine shows up and helps her, or I, or she has to go get Sabine um, for some reason. I'm I'm not really sure exactly how they would play that out, um, right. but that's that's kind of my because because you have to answer that question of why why are they not together? Because yeah. the implication at the end of Rebels is that they are going to go search for him together. Um, you know, so so I'm intri- I'm definitely intrigued to see where that goes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I'll be honest, everybody, I wasn't expecting to get into spoilers for the Rebels um, show tonight, <laughs> but um, um, that is a very, very fun um, um, animated series. Um, if anybody is kind of a, um, is kind of jonesing for some more Star Wars stuff, um, now with the end of season two of The Mandalorian, and reports are saying that we won't get season three until um, a year from now. Um, December 2021. So, um, if anyone is jonesing for some more Star Wars content, um, the entirety of Rebels um, is on Disney Plus as well. Um, it's a very fun show. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys very much. We went all kinds of places with that with that episode of Fandom Talk, but it was good. It was good. Yeah. Um, and I want to echo s- something that Josh talked about. Um, earlier um and kind of all of you have hinted at um again i treat these three wonderful people who are on this podcast with me i treat all three of them as kind of um as kind of um the masters to my padawan uh, when it comes to star wars stuff um and it's uh and the mandalorian especially uh, this last season as josh had said has been so refreshing to have star wars content that is so hype that is so universally um intriguing and and have characters who are so universally loved um it's been very very refreshing to be able to to enjoy star wars content uh without having to put um like a qualifier on the end of it right it's really good because I've been on um, this last year, so I've been kind of tired of saying, oh, yeah, I've really enjoyed this equal trilogy, except for what they do with this character, except for a lot of the stuff in Rise of Skywalker, things like that. Um, and that brings me to our f- um, f- final sentiment of the night, is that the reason why it feels so good to talk about and enjoy stuff like Star Wars is that fandom is and should be for everyone. 
um, and everybody has things that are important to them. Um, everybody has characters they absolutely love. Everyone has issues that they very quickly get on the soapbox for, as exemplified by Josh and his utter hatred for Okatan. Um, it's just, uh, fandom is fun. Um, and fandom can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. Um, it's for everybody. So we I really appreciate um, all of our listeners coming and hanging out with us as we talk about the things we love. And we hope that y'all talk back to us. Um, let us know things you love as well. Um, so yeah, that'll be it for me. Thank you to every uh, to all of you uh, who have joined me, Josh, Jenny, Jacob. It's always fun to jam with you guys about fandom stuff. Um, thank you all. Have a happy holidays and stay safe. Thanks, Al. I love you, Al.